So in my mind, I think of our bodies as like a laboratory and you're like this evil scientist and you're able to like tweak things here and there. Um, everything, like what you're listening to, the people that you're surrounding yourself with, what you're putting on your body and in your body, um, the type of water you're drinking, the foods you're consuming, everything in your environment to make you the superhero version of you. Welcome to the Homeschool CEO Podcast, the podcast dedicated to entrepreneurs who want to successfully homeschool their kids while running a profitable business. In this podcast, we'll reveal the truth of what it really looks like behind the scenes of an entrepreneur who homeschools and how to make it all work. If you're an entrepreneur who currently homeschools or you want to start, you are in the right place, my friend. With 16 years experience combining entrepreneurship with homeschooling, I'm your host, Jen Myers, and this is the Homeschool CEO Podcast. Have you ever wished that you had more energy, more focus, or maybe that you just felt better? Yeah, me too. I hear you. But what if the solution to that is as simple as biohacking our bodies? If you're going, what the heck is she talking about? I was there too the first time I heard about biohacking, which is why today's episode is so fascinating to me. Today we are joined by Dr. Amber Langley-Gill. She's an author, coach, and founder of the Biohacker Babe Academy. She used to be an emergency critical care veterinarian, but that all changed when her twins were born prematurely. She switched to brain and gut health and embarked on a personal mission to heal her own health and the health of her family. She wrote a book, which was in my stories a few weeks ago, called No Brainer. I highly recommend it. It's an easy read and it gives you such incredible practical tips. Amber is now following her passions to help mom entrepreneurs improve the quality of their lives from the inside out. And I think you're going to love her. So let's get started. All right. Well, I want everybody to meet the most incredible woman, biohack genius. Y'all, you're going to learn so much in today's episode, Dr. Amber Langley Gill, but she said we can just call her Amber today, right? Yes, perfect. <laughs> Let's keep it casual. Awesome, awesome. Welcome to the show today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Awesome. We start out every interview because our audience hasn't met you yet. Tell us a little bit about you, um, your business, and your family, kind of what everything means for you to be a homeschool CEO. Yeah, so I kind of think in bullet points. So we'll go there, right? Because that's easy for my brain. Um, I'm an emergency critical care veterinarian by education. I stepped down from the ER floor probably about two years ago, completely. Um, I married my college sweetheart. I call him the Hubster. We have twin seven-year-olds that we nicknamed the Gillies, and they are currently in seventh, second grade. almost said seventh. Um, second grade. And I started my online, like my digital entrepreneurial life um, in 2014. And um, yeah, it wasn't until I think my biohacking journey actually started when the Gillies were born. They were born prematurely at 27 weeks and we spent 100 days in the NICU. And during that time as a mom, kind of taking a long introduction. Um, but as a mom, um, I just wanted to do something for them. Right. And there was like, there was nothing that they needed from me. Um, besides just speaking like words of affirmation on them prayers and cause they were in these little incubators. And I realized that the only thing that I could provide was nutrition through breastfeeding probably TMI, but this is a homeschooling CEO mom group. So they understand. Um, and I was very blessed to be able to breastfeed. And I learned very quickly that what I ate, um, really impacted their health. 
and we had a focus on brain health for one of our gillies and gut health for the other. And that's kind of how my entrepreneurial life, um, my journey started because I realized the brain and gut connection and how much it impacted everything else in my life. So biohacking started as a result of them being in the NICU and it just kind of flourished into me helping more moms. Wow. Okay. For those of us who don't know what biohacking is, can you give us a definition of what that means? Yeah. It's just a fancy term of saying like everything in your environment internally and externally around you um, helps you work efficiently. So hacking your environment to be the best version of you. I say the huge like the superhuman version of you. So in my mind, I think of our bodies as like a laboratory and you're like this evil scientist and you're able to like tweak things here and there. Um, Everything, like what you're listening to, the people that you're surrounding yourself with, what you're putting on your body and in your body, um, the type of water you're drinking, the foods you're consuming, everything in your environment to make you the superhero version of you. And that's what biohacking is. It's just making simple tweaks here and there to be the best version of you. That's amazing. And I think it is so important. I know Amber and I were talking about this before too, especially for homeschool CEOs, because we have a lot that we are doing. We are intense. We are driven. We are building businesses. You know, one of the things that we talk about in our community is we're not building side hustles, which really sets us apart. We run our businesses like CEOs. We delegate, we hire because we have to. One of your emails actually just that I got yesterday in my inbox was talking about how often we look at business mentors and we're busy burning dinner while we're listening to the coaching. And because we have a kid doing math and a dog needing out while we're building our business, all of these things, all of these plates spinning at the same time. And it's I think it's extra important. I mean, I think it's important for everybody, but extra important because so often we're kind of burning the candle at both ends. Yes. To really take time to build our bodies up so that we can be the best version of ourselves. So with that being said, how do you see where biohacking, I kind of answered it a little bit, but where do you see where biohacking can really benefit homeschool CEOs specifically? Yeah. So homeschooling CEOs, right? So you already kind of mentioned that you have limited time, right? And biohacking helps you use your time and your energy, which is like your precious currency, right? It helps you use it more efficiently. So I like to say it helps me do less better. My husband doesn't like it when I say that. He's like, it doesn't help you do less better. It helps you do less more efficient. I'm like, yeah, okay. It doesn't just roll off the tongue as easily. Um, but I know that with biohacking, I'm able to use that, the two precious hours that I have working on my business to the max. I know that my brain is going to be clear. I'm not going to be distracted. I won't have the shiny object syndrome. There won't be any brain fog. I won't be in comparison mode. I'll be just laser focused on my message and who I'm serving so that I'm able to use that time, that precious commodity that I have to the best of my ability. And then whenever my time is up and my kids wake up and they need me, I can switch on to mom mode. So my kids are seven and they are up like at 7.30 in the morning to like 7.30 at night, which I I put them to bed at 7.30, but you know, they serenade each other and laugh and play. It's like a slumber party every night till about 8.30 or nine o'clock. And then they drift off to sleep. But for those 12 hours, I'm mom mode. And when they go to bed, I don't know about any other homeschooling CEOs, but I cannot, my brain is mush at 7.30. Like, Mm Like nothing creative is coming out of me, nothing that I need to give people. So that is usually my time to replenish and recharge so that in the morning I'm giving my best self to my audience and who I'm serving before I start in mom mode. Wow. And I, that makes so much sense. And, you know, we talk a lot about having our priorities and being present in whatever role that we're attending to at that moment, whether it's work or whether it's 
that being that mom role and being present there. So did you say you get all of your business work done in two hours every morning? I work two hours a day in my business. Yes. And then there are times where I have a few more hours here and there. Like for instance, this podcast episode is happening on a Friday afternoon at three. Um, but there's time in my husband's schedule. Um, he does human medicine. I do animal medicine. So with his job, he's away a lot. So I, I call it solo parenting. I'm not a single parent. Praise the single parents out there. Um, they have more strength than I, I have. Um, but I do a lot of solo parenting. And so whenever he is home, I kind of let him have time with the gillies. And then I'm able to step away for like an hour or two here and there. But usually about two weeks at a time, I do two hours of work a day and then I'm mom mode. And then whenever he's home, I get like an hour, probably an hour more each day. Wow. I'm impressed. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty systematized. I'm really focused. I've been doing this a long time, but that's, that's impressive. You know, we do homeschool in two hours a day. That's my goal there. So if, but my kids are also older now, but for sure, if I could do all of my work in two hours, that would be amazing as well. So can we talk a little bit about why you talk about the 1% philosophy in your book? Can you yeah. talk a little bit more about that and why for homeschool CEOs, a lot of times we look at things and we're like, oh, it's just one more thing we have to do. Like it's another thing to our to-do list. Can we talk a little bit about why, in your opinion, improving your health doesn't have to be complicated? Yeah. So I can tell you how it started, the 1%. Yeah. Um, we were living in Texas at the time and our gillies were around two years old. So just imagine two-year-old twins. <laughs> and I was working part-time as an ER veterinarian. My commute was five hours, like two and a half hours one way, two and a half hours back. Um, I would get in in the wee hours of the morning. I was at the time having a side hustle that I was hoping to turn into a big business. Um, and I... I also do physical therapy on one of our twins every day. And so I remember, it's not a pretty picture, but I remember bringing the trash cans out with the hubby and we were dragging the, we lived in this rural country house and we were taking our trash cans down this long road. And I remember telling him like, just how exhausted I feel and that everybody was kind of getting like the shell version of me. Even though they didn't feel it, like I knew I wasn't giving everything I had. Like I was just going through the motions and I was like, I just can't do anything right. I don't know if ever anybody's ever felt that way. Like I'm trying to be the best version of me. I'm just so exhausted and I just felt drained in that I wasn't doing my best, but I had nothing else to give. And he just, he took me by my shoulders and he, he said, you don't have to do everything. You just have to be 1% better than you are today. And it was kind of bittersweet because I have like this go big or go home attitude. I'm all in or all out. Like it's a heck yes or no. Like 1%, I was like, oh my God, that's so lame. <laughs> right? I was like, why is it like 1%, but I can give 100. He's like, you, you can't. He's like, but you can do 1%. And he's like, if you give 1% every single day, it's going to compound over time. And even after a hundred days, you're going to be, you're going to surpass a hundred percent because it's going to compound. And I was like, hmm, I don't know. Um, but I, that's what I focused on. Like, I don't have to be like, do all the Pinterest things and be that mom that's making all these things. I just have to be 1% better than I was yesterday. And so that's how I started focusing on being 1% better for me. And I focused first on just my morning routine. And I focused on like book ending my days because as a mom, I couldn't, I couldn't predict what my kids were going to do. I couldn't predict if they were going to get sick or have vomiting and explosive diarrhea that day, or if they were going to like cry at the swimming pool, but I could control my morning 
when they were asleep and my evening whenever I put them down. And I was like, if I could just focus on those things and being 1% better in those, then I knew I would have more, more energy and more patience for what needed me during the day. And so I feel like by just focusing on 1%, it helps us realize that it's doable. It feels less daunting and it does compound over time. Cause right now I like my morning routine and evening routine are solid and I have a lot of energy throughout the day. Some days it waxes and wanes and I can feel it dipping because I know my kids are zapping a lot more energy, right? Kids do that. I love them to bits. <laughs> but they do it. Um, I'm pretty sure I did it to my mom too. And I can feel it. And when I sense it, my body's craving energy. So it wants to go through, like it needs, it needs quick energy, quick and dirty energy is what I call it, like caffeine or sugar. And I can see it. And so once I, I see that's coming, I'm better able to stop that process and recharge in a more healthier way for my brain, for my mood, for the kids, and just be a better version of myself. So I can hear the thoughts of the person listening right now going, okay, everything zaps my energy. My business zaps my energy. My kids are zapping my energy. In some cases, my spouse is zapping my energy. Yeah. Talk to the mom who right now is going, I'm so burned out. Like everything is just draining. What what can we do when we feel like things are just pulling at us and zapping that energy like you're talking about? So one of the times that's coming to my mind is when um, my daughter was zapping my energy a lot. She was asking like 85,000 questions one day and they weren't, to me, they weren't simple questions um, either. You know, kids like pull out questions that you feel like you're smart. And then they ask you questions. You're like, I don't think I paid attention that day in science class. Um, And she was just asking me all these questions and I could feel like I was doing all the right things. Like I was eating the right foods. I was hydrating myself. I did my morning routine, but it was just, a lot of it was just taxing on me. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna give you an epic bubble bath. I know it's three o'clock in the afternoon, but we're going to give epic bubble bath. I'm going to give you all some kitchen utensils, which I like to give my kids kitchen utensils in the bathtubs. Um, I was like, I'm going to let you play for a second. And I'm just going to like step away. And my body wanted ice cream and I even went to the freezer to get some. And I was like, this is not what I need. And in that moment, I was like, you know what? I just need to kind of remove all the stimuli that's coming from me to remove like all the questions that are attacking my auditory cells, all the lights. And I just sat and like meditated for like five to 10 minutes and let her play in the bathtub. And I was like, I just had to like recharge myself. And I think sometimes that's all we need to do when we feel exhausted. And I can hear people saying, but I need to do more. I need to hustle. Right. We, Mm -hmm. and I think that's kind of like, contradicts because if you continue to do hustle, you're going to continue to burn out. And sometimes we just have to sit in silence and recharge whatever that looks like for you. If that's like, honey, I'm tagging out. I'm going to go like lock myself in the bathroom, in the tub and read a book, baby cakes, do it. Like do something that recharges your energy for you. To me, it's like, I need to sit in silence and just like, not have anybody ask me any questions. I just want silence and peace and that recharges me. And so realizing that hustle isn't going to move your business as quickly as being diligent with your habits. Mm. So something my, my husband's so wise, um, but he, something he always tells me is there's discipline, um, there's freedom in discipline. And he's like, if you're disciplined in your habits, you'll be able to create more freedom for yourself. And that was hard for me to hear because I'm like, I don't want to be disciplined. I want to have like, I want to have freedom. I want to be able to do what I need to do. And he's like, but I realize if I'm disciplined in my habits, and that sounds very strict, but if I'm consistent with my morning routine and consistent with nourishing my body with foods that I know help heal and nourish me and don't drain me then I'll be able to have 
more time and more energy to do what I need to do. And that creates freedom. Yes, I agree. Okay. We talked about that. Even, even in homeschooling too, on both sides, having that discipline. And it's not all about cramming more information into our kids. Sometimes it's about slowing down and focusing on the quality of what yeah. is happening. Yes. Not just go, go, go one more thing. So with that being said, we talked a little bit about your morning routine and your evening routine. Can you share a little bit more about how you start your days off? Because it has to be a superpower routine to get all of your work done in two hours. <laughs> Tell I us do. your secrets. I do love my morning routine. Um, and it does change with the seasons just because it flows with the, the sun, right? Mm-hmm. In the summer, the sun rises here like at 4.30 and in the winter right now it's like 7 30 in the morning when the sun comes up i still get up at the same time um which is around 4 30 in the morning um and i want to say this though i'm going to say my morning routine and i don't want it to overwhelm anyone i don't want you to be like oh my god i can't do any of these things this is not something that i started that day in texas right away this is something that has evolved over the last that was in 2000 and 15. So this is 2020. So it's something that has evolved over the last five years that works for me. If you pick one of these things to start implementing, I think you'll notice some success and some energy boosting, but don't think that you have to do everything that I'm going to say to you. Got it. Let's preface it that way. So I work, I wake up in the morning. I do feel waking up with an alarm clock instead of the phone sets the tone for my day. And I don't like to have my phone on for at least one to two hours in my morning routine. The reason being, I feel very addicted to my phone. I feel like it can be. And when I was using it as an alarm clock, I would automatically be triggered to, oh, I have so many text messages. I need to respond to these DMs. Oh, look at these emails. And I was already on the defense and I didn't even get out of bed yet. So. I like to keep my phone on airplane mode or do not disturb for at least the first two hours of the day and wake up with like a gentle alarm clock. So I wake up in the morning and the first thing that I do is drink water. You probably see my mason jar here. Um, So I drink about 12 to 16 ounces of water first thing in the morning because I've been lateral recumbent for about seven to eight hours And I know my body is going to be mildly dehydrated, even though I can't feel it necessarily. I know that I will be. Mm -hmm. So make sure that I stay hydrated. It helps flush out all the toxins, get the lymph flowing. Um, The next step I do is I go and take my morning supplements. Then I do some grounding outside. Normally I like to get like a cold uh, shower for a quick for a few minutes or um, do like a cold facial submersion, but it's winter here. So I get my cold thermogenesis, like Wim Hof method um, outside when I'm doing my grounding. So I get my feet in the dirt, in the cold, in the snow. My husband makes fun of me. He thinks it's insane. Um, And he's usually going to work at this time. He's like, go do your grounding. And I'm in my pajamas in my front yard, grounding in the snow. So. I do look ridiculous, just painting the picture for you. Um, I do that for probably about five to 10 minutes. And then I go inside and try to, there's two things that I do. Um, One is to kind of, it has to do with like your circulatory system. So you have two circulatory systems in your body. One is the, probably what you're, you're used to is like the vein, the arteries, your blood and big red, the pump, the heart and the heart pumps all this blood throughout your body, right? Mm -hmm. This is basic. So I tried to get 10 to 15 minutes of some cardio movement first thing in the morning. I'm not saying like a big CrossFit workout. Usually it's not my main workout for the day. It's just something to like get that blood flowing and get that blood pumping to my brain, get that oxygen to my brain. So I usually do about 10 to 15 minutes and then I work on my other circulatory system, which is your lymphatic system. It's like Baldi 1010 on this podcast today. So your lymphatic system has your lymphs, all your ducts, your lymph nodes, but it doesn't really have a pump that makes it flow. It relies on the contraction of muscles and tendons 
and some vibration. So I usually jump on a trampoline. You can get like a vibration plate to get that lymph flowing. And so I try to do my little jump routine, a little bit of cardio, and then um, I, what I call get my heart right for the day. And I spend some quiet time doing some like Bible journaling while I'm also foam rolling. So I'm a firm believer on stacking habits. So if you have something that you're doing that's a good habit and you can stack on another one, then you're more likely to keep it in like anchored in place. Mm-hmm. So whenever I read my Bible, I foam roll. Um, and I don't foam roll like my legs. I foam roll my lymph nodes between my armpit and my hip bone. Cause we have a lot of lymph nodes underneath our armpit that we're not really contracting. Right. And especially if we wear tight undergarments like bras or sports bras, then it's going to be constricted. So I try to do a lot of foam rolling underneath my arms first thing in the morning while I'm reading my Bible. Um, and then that's probably, I don't know, that's probably like 30, 45 minutes so far in my day. Um, I send some, I had this routine that I just started doing probably the last month with a dear friend and I send her voice memos and I send her a voice memo that has to do with gratitude, with um, my vision for the day and then my overall vision. Like what is my five-year plan? Like what is something that like my big, hairy, scary goal that I envision myself doing? And I say it in a way that I've already accomplished it. Like I'm waking up this day. This is what's happening. I can't believe I hit my goal. Like, and we talk about my day. So it kind of like gets me fired up for work because I'm already visioning that version of myself having accomplished it. Um, And since I've been doing that, I fell in love with voice memos. She probably doesn't like it because I'm a bit of a talker. So they get kind (laughs) of limpy. Hers are like three minutes or less and mine are like 12. Um, But I've also started sending voice notes to God. And that sounds a little crazy, but it just, there's something about voice recording it that just makes me verbally vomit and just say everything that's on my heart. And so I have it, I started doing it probably a month ago when I started voice memoing her, I started sending voice recordings to God, just kind of like my prayers, what I'm struggling with, how I'm feeling, just as I would a bestie. And then um, at that time, I'm ready to start my day. I got my blood flowing, my limb flowing, I'm grounded, I'm hydrated, my brain's got oxygen, it's got the supplements on board. Um, my heart's already set in like gratitude and it's like, okay, I'm ready to start my day. And first thing I do when I, before I even do any work, I send three notes of gratitude to various people. And it could be someone that I just met on Instagram. It could be someone that I had a podcast interview with. You may get one tomorrow. Um, but it can't be anyone that just like comes to my mind as soon as I open my computer and I send them three, each one of them, a little note of gratitude, um, just telling them I appreciate them, like just putting it out there in the universe. And then I get my day done. That's it. Wow. (laughs) That's awesome. But remember what you said, we only have to pick one. (laughs) Yes, we only have to pick one. And if I had to pick any of them to start with, I would say try to start your morning without any technology for the first at least hour. Like try to focus on you for that first hour of your day because you're going to be giving to your kids. You're going to be giving to your spouse. You're going to be giving to your clients that you're serving all day. And I think it's very important for us to like feel fill our cup up, as they say, the first hour and not already be on the defensive as soon as we wake up. I feel like that's a really good point that our moms need to hear because we're kind of fed this line by society, that hustle mentality where like I've read the perfect week formula and perfect day formula. It's go straight to work. 
but that doesn't account, although that's a very good book and a you know, great philosophy. I'm not, not knocking the philosophy, but, and in fact, there have been times when I have adhered to that, but I found like what you just said, you start your day and you're giving at that point, you're giving to your business, to your clients, to social media, whatever, without ever stopping to fill you up first. And then we wonder why at 10 o'clock we're exhausted with our children and we're like, why are we doing this? I don't have any energy left. I'm done. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. Interesting. I guess I've never thought about it that way, but that, that totally makes sense. So then, so you have your whole day, then you homeschool the, the gillies in the, in the morning, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So in the morning we start off with, um, I call it supplements and snuggles. (laughs) So make, I'm like a huge snuggler. Um, I'll just put that out there. Um, but I like to, I let them wake up naturally. They naturally wake up at seven 30, seven 30, eight o'clock. If it's a rainy day, they'll sleep till eight 30 and I get like another hour of work and it's like, Hey, praise God. So, um, around seven 30, they wake up, we have our snuggles and supplements and, um, they drink their water and we just kind of talk about the game plan for the day, the itinerary, which it kind of, you know, it's the same. There's some um, changes here or there, but they always want to know the game plan. They kind of like to set their minds, like what's required of me today kind of thing. And they're getting kind of sneaky. They're at, at the age of seven where they're trying to negotiate <laughs> like how they're spending their day. I think it's so cute. Um, and they present like a value, like a valid argument. I'm like, oh, this is so convincing. Like they convinced um, me today to have a snuggle morning and do our homeschooling in the afternoon, which is so bizarre. Um, Anyway, but we do snuggles and supplements. And then after they get changed for the day, I do my son's physical therapy first. Um, He does his physical therapy and my daughter does some yoga as she likes to claim. Is it yoga? It's okay. Um, it's some version of it, but she does it and we do that for an hour. And then we have breakfast probably around 10 o'clock. Um, and then we get started with homeschooling from 1030 to about one. Okay. So you're spending three or four hours homeschooling. Um, just because sometimes it comes up, people ask, what does your homeschooling look like? We actually use the format timber doodle. I, um, my husband and I, we did our research and we just, we know how our kids learn. They're very hands-on. Um, and my daughter likes to read a lot, but my son likes to be hands-on. This was kind of like the best of both for them. Um, so we do the timber doodle and it kind of just sets it up. Um, I like it because it has science, technology, engineering, math, and arts all built in. Mm-hmm. Um, So we do a lot of our homeschooling um, and I put it to where I know their favorite subjects. So I do like um, one of their favorite subjects, then one of the least, and then one of the favorite, and and I kind of stack it that way. Um, And there's always like an activity in between, um, like as a third one. We do homeschooling for about 45 minutes and then we make sure to move at every 45 minutes. Because even as entrepreneurs and CEOs, we shouldn't be sitting for more than an hour at least. After an hour, your brain's not going to be as as quick, as sharp. You're not your attention span's not going to be as sharp. So you got to get up and move and get that blood flowing. So every 45 minutes, the kids know like a timer goes off and we just whatever we're doing, we just stop and they get to run around and for like five minutes and then we get back to work. Um, yeah. And then in the afternoons they get to do arts and crafts. Um, I'm trying to teach them French, any prayers, well wishes send them this way. Um, uh, we have, um, right now it's kind of weird because they had like a lot of activities in the afternoon, but everything got stopped this year. So we do our own, um, ninja course here in the house because Tuesdays were ninja days, Mondays were dance days. So we still have like our ballet lesson that mom teaches in the afternoons we still do ninja (laughs) courses um, but we're also trying to teach them like music and um another language too we actually we have a lot of families in the homeschool ceo community 
that are teaching French as well. Oh, so I would we'll, love to. We'll get you plugged in. Yes, <laughs> because they can give you tips because some of them have older kids and they've been doing it since they've been two. So for whatever reason, French is a very common language in our community to teach. Well, it's what I went to. I went to school for French, so it's, I know it, but um, my family speaks Acadian uh, French and we were taught it. Cajun French, which is definitely different. Um, but that's one of the languages my kids, one of them chose French, the other one chose Mandarin. I was like, let's start with French. <laughs> my son speaks Mandarin. It's, it's a challenging secondary language to learn, but they can totally do it. All right. So when you're biohacking, when you're in, are there certain foods that you eat? You know, cause you have a busy day. Is there foods that you found that energize you more? So, I mean, obviously we want to stay away from like the processed foods and you know, the things we can't pronounce, but are there foods that really benefit our bodies? Yeah. So that's a very good question. And that is something when I started my journey, that was what I really focused on was nutrition. So, and that's how I started my business was just helping women with nutrition. And then it kind of branched into more things. So with nutrition, and I always think about optimal brain health, like what's the best for my brain and what's also best for my gut because the two are correlated, like the two work in sync together. So things I noticed for our family that do not work well, like you said, are processed foods. And so um, I tell my kids, like if it was made, if it was a plant or it consumed a plant, it's okay. If it was made in a plant, like packaged or processed, it's not okay. Um, and I don't say it's not okay. It's like, it just doesn't heal you or nourish you right? Because I don't want them to have that negative relationship to food. Um, but we like to eat um, blueberries, right? So blueberries are great. We call them brain berries here in our house. Um, they help with, um, I should have had some for lunch, because they help with like memory <laughs> and, information and cognitive function. They are loaded with antioxidants. Um, they're little powerhouses. Other things for me, I have a cup of coffee, like just eight ounces, if that is probably less than that, of uh, coffee. You just have to be wary of what you put in it. But one cup of coffee, especially for women, is shown to actually have some cognitive benefits and may even prevent from cognitive decline and diseases. So I'm all about preventing my brain from going crazy later in life. Um, other things are like dark chocolate, healthy fats, leafy greens. So those are the kind of foods that we focus on. And I think a lot of people try to overcomplicate nutrition, right? Mm -hmm. And we think like, oh, breakfast foods or should be like cereals and pastries and breads and you can't have Brussels sprouts for breakfast. And well, who said, who said you can't have Brussels sprouts for breakfast, right? And I think it just trips people up. So my kids, I talk to them about a protein, a fat, and then a produce. And that's how we kind of, we plan it out. I'm like, okay, what is the protein that you want today? And for breakfast, and it's, you know, we do eat bacon in our house and we like grass fed beef products and um, pasteurized chicken and venison and wild game and fish. And so I get, they get to choose. And usually it's eggs for breakfast. And which is great because it's also the eggs also have like healthy fats. And so then I'm like, okay, what is your healthy fat that you want? Usually it's like butter or avocados. My son is huge with cashews and walnuts, which is also a good healthy fat. And then they get to choose the produce. I am blessed because knock on wood, my kids love vegetables. And I know people are like throwing daggers with me right now, but they love asparagus and broccoli and Brussels sprouts. Um, they're not big on potatoes um, or squashes, but they do like the green. They do, they'll sit there and eat spinach and kale. I do not know who these kids are. Um, right? And That's impressive. They don't like it sauteed, which I like it, but they will eat those kind of foods. Um, and, but they'll get to choose. And if one chooses and it's not the other one's favorite, then I'll let the other one choose the next meal. So it's not, you don't keep it complicated. You just 
what's a clean protein, a healthy fat, and like some kind of produce on there. And that's our meals. So half of me is here thinking, wow, that's amazing that they eat that stuff. And then the other half of me is thinking, they're telling you this is the healthy fat I want and this is the healthy protein. Like for them to even be able to segment those foods <laughs> into the category. I think it's because their mom, has, their mom has talked to them about it so long. Um, but they're, they're curious. And I think yeah. that uh, all kids are curious. And that was one of the things that I had, like that I loved. And so they would be like, well, why are we eating this? I'm like, oh, well that has protein in it. And like, it's good for your bones. It builds this. And like, we break it down mm-hmm. for them. And so they'll be eating their, um, their leafy greens and they'll be like, oh, I know this is great. It has anti-inflammatories. Do they know what that means? Most likely not, but eventually over time they will. And they're like, it has antioxidants. Can they say it correctly? No, but you know, they know that it's good for them. And I think by like letting them through the whole process, like letting them go get groceries with me, like help pick out, like we love going to the farmer's market. It's closed now because we're in a tundra and it's winter, but they love like going to the farmer's market and picking out the produce and seeing all the different ones. And they like cooking in the kitchen and more so my daughter than my son, he likes to just make a mess, but they like to be involved. And I think whenever you let kids be involved, even though it makes your life more messy and makes things a lot more slow, like some days I just want to make the meals and be out of the kitchen. But it's, I think it's important to slow down sometimes and have those conversations to get them to eat better. But they also are watching what you're eating. Right. So sometimes I like, we may be going somewhere and we, oh, I, (laughs) we went, we went home, um, to visit my family down in Louisiana and it was all this Southern cooking, right? All this Cajun cooking. And we were there for like two or three days. And my daughter was like, we did not have one stick of vegetables (laughs) because it was, but it was just like gumbos and like, um, fried shrimp and crawfish etouffee. And I was like, well, I was like, you're right. She's like, I need some vegetables. I was like, oh, baby. And then my mom would be like, oh, would you like a Coke to drink? And they were like, Coke's bad for you. I was like, some people drink Coke. Like everybody has their challenges. Everybody has their vices. Mama likes certain things that are not so good for her. Like, right. Say seven-year-old don't like, don't make your grandma feel bad for choosing to drink Diet Coke. Um, I mean, I used to drink Diet Coke. Oh, by the gallons probably in college so it was just them or they're just aware because they're curious and i think i hope that that curiosity goes in other areas too and it helps them because when kids are curious and they learn more i think they make better choices for themselves because they're better knowledge like they're more knowledgeable and they're better prepared yeah am i, I doing think- all the areas? Probably not. They <laughs> probably could do a lot better in all the other areas, but nutrition is one that they got down. That's awesome though, but be- that prepares them for success in life because it's building their body and it's building their brain so that they can go out and learn whatever they need to. Yes. So it's foundational. So good job. Sometimes whenever we're recording a podcast, we chat before we actually hit record. And we were talking about like, how do we know if we're doing a good job? homeschooling our kids if we don't have somebody to compare it to. So I was thinking as you're talking back to that comment, thinking when your kids are with other kids, are they eating what the other kids are eating or are they bringing their vegetables and their fruits and their healthy fats? Well, so we went to a birthday party, right? We went to a birthday party um, about, oh, it was last weekend actually. And it was not their first time to a birthday party, but it was the first one that there was food prepared. Usually it's just like cake, right? right? And it was a pizza party and my kids sat there and they, all the kids were eating pizza and drinking Coke and my kids just asked for water because I'm like, we're at a party. I'm, you know, I'm not going to restrict you. Mm-hmm. We're here. We're going to, you know, do whatever people want to do. Um, and I asked them, I was like, do y'all want pizza? And they were like, no, 
we don't want pizza. They were like, but we would like a cupcake. And I was like, okay, you can have a cupcake. And so they waited until it was time for the birthday cake and or the birthday cupcakes. And then they chose to have that. So in my mind, I was like, heck yeah, that's a win, right? right? They didn't choose both of them and they didn't choose the Coke, but they chose what they wanted and they looked at all the options. So they do not choose protein and fats and carbs <laughs> and they are getting better. Like we're after multiple conversations, they're getting better at not voicing what the other people are doing. Right. Yes. Yeah, actually. Kids don't have a filter. Kids don't have a filter. We went through that. I tell this story sometimes, um, not regarding nutrition, but regarding entrepreneurship. We were sitting at a homeschool co-op and I learned early on that I didn't really fit with the stereotypical homeschool family. And my kids were sitting there and the one little boy was basically lamenting that they really wanted this gift. I don't remember what it was, but a toy. But their mom had said, no, honey, we can't afford that. And the little boy was basically complaining, saying, you know, I really want that toy and we can't afford it. And my son said, just go start a business. (laughs) It was like so honest. And I was like, oh, please, please be quiet. Like we don't judge other people, but it was like such a foreign concept to him that why would you complain that you didn't have money if you could just go make some? Yeah, just go get some. Yeah, just go create an op- find an opportunity, meet a need, and that's it. So it just reminds me, like, I feel like teaching children, you know, like, you know, we, we don't judge other people. Everybody gets to make their own choices, even within the homeschool CEO community, you know. I never want anybody to feel like, well, because I do one thing one way, I don't belong, or because we all have our own choices. Well, that, and I think, like, we all have our own journey, and we all, yeah. we all have, like, our own backgrounds and our own habits and everything that's formed us. And we may all be the same, like underneath like bones and flesh, but we have our own experiences. And I think that's the beautiful thing. It's like, we all get to make different choices and those choices make us all unique and beautiful. Yes. I love that. All right. So for one of our homeschool CEOs who might be wondering more about how they can learn about biohacking, I know you have the biohacking Academy babes. I said that wrong. Tell me a little more about that so that we know how um, they can learn more about this with you. So Biohacker Babe Academy. I was so close. I had all the words. (laughs) You're so close. Um, Yeah. Okay. In in my defense, guys, in the email, it says BBA, right? Yeah. (laughs) I I thought we were friends and I could just use an acronym. Um, But BBA, Biohacker Babe Academy, it's for the womanpreneur who is trying to balance life and balance her business, but it's just, it's hearing the word hustle and it's like making her want to pull her hair out, right? So I'm helping them. It's a one-on-one coaching opportunity with me where we dive specifically into your own biohacks because what works for me may not work for you. And what works for me does not work for my husband and vice versa. So like I tell my husband, we're all unique unicorns. And so like these biohacks, you have to find what fits for you. So we dive into which biohacks work for you. And then we also biohack your business so that you're able to utilize those two hours as efficient as possible so that you can unplug at the end of the day and be the person that you need for those that you love. So um, I just open it. um, I open it every quarter, but I just select five women to work with one-on-one because one, I want to honor my family and my kids and my 15 hour work week. And also I want to fully commit to these five women. So we're opening doors in January. We have a wait list available. Um, And, but I also, I created a freebie for your listeners um, that I guess will be in the show notes. It's the seven ways to kind of boost your energy for your business and your life in 2021. And I also do like one-on-one calls. So if you just want like a quick session, just to kind of see what it, what we work, how we work together, I do offer one-on-one sessions, just one hour session. Perfect. And where's the best place that they can find you online? I live on Instagram. (laughs) I don't live on Instagram, but, um, 
that's usually the easiest way to reach me is on Instagram at dr.amberlangleygill. Perfect. And we'll link all of that up in the show notes as well. All right. Thank you so much. And Amber, if you were sitting down to have coffee with another homeschool CEO who was just burned out and was tired of all the hustle, what is the one bit of advice that you would give her? The one bit of advice. I would say to this person, I feel like I'm talking to myself five years ago. Um, I would say to just focus on 1%, just focus on being 1% better. And it doesn't have to be in every single area of your life. Just figure out um, how I put it is I put my priorities in boxes, right? And my kids is one box, my, my relationship with my husband's one box, my hobbies and my passions are in another box. And then I have my, my entrepreneurial, my BDA members are in one box, right? The community that I serve. And if something doesn't fit in those boxes, then it doesn't fit in my life. And I had to make that huge, like line in the sand for me because I was giving to all these other avenues that really at the end of the day didn't matter. There were other people that, and I had to make some big choices even this year of like, these aren't fitting in my boxes. And I had to say no to some opportunities that look really good on paper, but they didn't fit those, my priorities, my boxes. So I would say, figure out what's in your boxes and then choose one box to just be 1% better at a time. And if you can, as a bonus, try to book in your days and take ownership of your morning routine as well as your evening routine. And it doesn't have to look like mine. It doesn't have to be an hour long like mine, but take ownership of those bookends of your day. So good. All right. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Yeah, it was a pleasure. I'm so excited. What a great conversation. I'm curious though, what was your biggest takeaway? Do me a favor and take a screenshot of this episode, share it to your stories, letting me know what your biggest aha moment was. And while you're at it, be sure to check out Amber's book, No Brainer, over on Amazon. It's an easy read and gives you practical tips on how you can start feeling better and improving your quality of life from the inside out. I personally own the book and it is fantastic. Again, be sure to connect with Amber on Instagram. Let her know that you heard her here and I'm sure she would love to hear what your biggest takeaway was as well. Alrighty, friend, that's it for today. I will see you next week. Bye. Hey friend, I just wanna say thank you so much for tuning in today. If you loved what you heard, please be sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. I really appreciate it. And for more information on connecting with other homeschool CEOs just like you, be sure to check out our website at www.homeschoolceo.com. And as always, Team Homeschool CEO, you ladies inspire me. Thank you for always showing others what is possible. You guys are awesome. See you next week.